Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Here's what Pittsburgh is watching on TikTok. All right. So a snail had two main goals. She wanted to be an influencer and she wanted to spread the knowledge about how awesome snails are. So she decided to get a gastro podcast. And because she had such long, beautiful antennae, all of her listeners had perfect reception. We're with the Shell-sational Tim Pierce. He's the head of section and curator of collections in Mollusks at the Carnegie Museum of Natural History. It's Monday, March 13th. I'm Megan Harris, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Tim, thank you so much for joining us on CityCast. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, can you introduce yourself with your catchphrase that you use on Mollusk Mondays? Hello, I'm Tim Pierce at Carnegie Museum of Natural History with an interview for you. <laughs> it's usually a snail joke for you. Uh, I want to talk about snails and slugs, I swear. But I want to start with you. How did you get started on TikTok? That's, it's fascinating to me. Well, I've been telling jokes my whole life. Then we got a new marketing guy here at the museum, and he said, Tim, I want you to record some jokes, and then we're going to release them one every week. It's always a marketing guy. It always comes back to that. <laughs> He's really good. I'm grateful to him. I hear you're also writing a book of humor. Are those uh, specific to mollusks, or are uh, is anything on the table for those? Yeah, so a number of years ago, I was uh, with one of my colleagues out on a field trip, and uh, we were talking about writing. And he said, yeah, you, you could write a book. And I said, what, a book? Like a thousand and one snail jokes? And he said, yeah, that sounds right up your alley. <laughs> so I've, since then, I've started writing down my snail jokes. And uh, I don't have a thousand and one yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm not even halfway there, but I'm getting there. <laughs> I feel like for a lot of academics, that would be a really fun diversion, right? Like to be able to sit back and do jokes instead of some of the more headier topics like research. Is How do you balance all of that? Because it it's a big job what you do at the museum. It is a big job. But actually, I feel like, don't tell my boss, but I feel <laughs> like I'm getting paid to do my hobby. You know, I, I love studying snails. I love working with snails. And that's what I get to do all day. And, you know, sometimes people say, oh, you're going to, actually, next week, I'm going to New Orleans. People say, is it for vacation or for business? And I say, well, I'm going to be finding snails there. So it's both. Because, <laughs> you know, on my vacation, I look for snails. At the work, I, I'm working with snails. So I, I really feel lucky to have a job that I enjoy so much. I love that. I mean, snails and slugs, they, they don't get a lot of love from most of us. Um, how did you get so passionate about them? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. My mother tells me that I've been collecting snails since I was three. That was fun for her, I bet. I hope so. 
I, I don't remember the back at three three years old collecting snails, but that's what she tells me. Um, but yes, I've I've loved snails and slugs. I think part of it is I love, or well, I feel sorry for the underdog. And so, like you just mentioned, a lot of people don't have a lot of love for snails and slugs. And so I feel sorry for the underdog. And I want to promote that, you know, they are people too. They are worthy of our respect and our love. Well, so what has it been like then, you know, to take those hobbies and turn it into this thing that lives on the internet? You know, I think it's fair to say you've gone viral a couple of times. What is, what was, what was that experience like? Um, I've mostly ignored it, but um, it does bring me joy because one of my goals is to, well, increase the popularity of snails, increase the increase people's consciousness and uh, increase people's awareness of snails. But also, one thing I find very peculiar is how popular sports is. Sports are, like football and basketball, they're so popular. And I just really don't understand that. And I would like there to be as much popularity, as much interest and enthusiasm for, for well, biology anyway, mm-hmm. um, if not snails themselves. And so this is my one-man um, effort to try and increase the popularity of snails. I hear that at one point you did have more impressions online than the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, that, that's a pretty incredible feat, actually. Yay, snails. <laughs> You're fist bumping. I love it. Um, so the snails themselves, um, Pittsburgh recorded its warmest February ever this year. Um, for us, that means a lot of pretty flowers on the trees, like way earlier than they're supposed to be there. But what does it mean for mollusks here in our region? Um, how is the warm weather affecting them? Yeah, so snails and slugs, they I don't really think of them as having a season, like a winter or a summer season. Yeah. Instead, they are active anytime the weather is fine. So if it's warm enough and moist enough, they'll be out there munching or finding partners to dance with. And so even in, you know, if you get a nice a nice day in January or February, they'll be out uh, ready to go. Where are they the rest of the time? Are they are, do they burrow? Right. In our area, they, they're mostly underground, under logs, under the leaves, or you know, sometimes like a, a slug can go down a, a earthworm burrow um, and get really deep into the soil and get away from the cold that way. I saw that WESA had some reporting that suggested that farmers have been seeing more slugs and snails than usual, at least for this time of year. Um, does that track, you know, kind of with your experience? That, that does make sense. A really cold winter especially a cold winter without a snow cover, because snow can act as a blanket. But a cold winter um, without any snow can really kill a lot of the slugs. So it'll cut back the population. And then in the springtime, you won't get your little seedlings eaten so much. Um, but we didn't have much of a cold snap this, this winter. And so I think that for there to be a lot of slugs out right now does make a lot of sense. I think it's going to be pretty hard for the, us gardeners, including me, we're going to have a lot of slugs to compete with. And do you feel like you're competing with them? So you're their champion at work, uh, but are you competing as it relates to your own garden? Yes, they, I am competing with the slugs for the garden. Mm-hmm. 
Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art. Eat gourmet snacks, people watch. We'll mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I guess kind of, you know, acknowledging the the climate change element there, um, if we continue to have higher temperatures... Um, or more mild winters, what do you think that that means then for these populations? Are, are they as susceptible then to the heat in the way that they are the cold? Oh, yes, definitely. Some, some, um, or I guess all snails and slugs would have a temperature range, uh, you know, a preferred temperature, and then certainly a range that they couldn't survive outside of. And uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, more than a couple, um, I did a study looking or and trying to answer the question, Will Pennsylvania lose any species of snails with climate warming? And, you know, as you imagine climate warming, then mollusks will have to move up the mountain to stay in their preferred temperature range or move farther north to stay in their preferred temperature range. We have about 130 species of snails in Pennsylvania. And out of those 130, we found five for sure and possibly as many as nine species that are already near the top of their temperature tolerances. They're already near the tops of the mountains. And if the temperature continues to rise, they're going to be pushed off the top into nothingness. They will perish. When you say mountain, do you mean like literally like, uh, like, you know, higher elevations here in Pennsylvania? Yes. Yes. So like, well, Mount Davis is our highest elevation. It's just about a thousand meters or what, 3000 feet or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Laurel Highlands, if you go to the tops of the ridges, the snails are already near the tops of the ridges. And if the temperature warms, they want to go up and there is no more up. Interesting. So, I mean, you know, you talk about like them literally climbing mountains or, or moving further north. What's the life range for a slug or a snail? Because like I can imagine, like that's a journey for a person on foot, let alone a, a, an itty bitty creature that has to slither their way there. Right. Good point. So snails under their own power have very limited abilities to move around. They do some migration under their own power, but they can also get around riding on birds or being blown around in dust devils on leaves or something like that. A slug can hitch a ride on a bird? Yeah, we actually wrote a paper about two two birds that were carrying slugs. Did the birds know that they were carrying slugs? Like, can you know that? I doubt it. <laughs> no, the, the, slugs were, the slugs were just a gob of 
goo in the in the bird's feathers. So I don't think it was intentional. Tim, you're really blowing my mind right yeah, now. Yeah, there was a okay. There was a, <laughs> I think it was a yellow-crowned warbler and a saw-wet owl. Okay, an owl makes more sense. They're bigger. I can see how you you know lose something in there. <laughs> but uh, so yes, um, the other thing about snails migrating is that. Things, some, sometimes things that we don't think of as barriers can be barriers to a snail or a slug, like a road or agricultural fields or uh, power line cuts. Those can all be barriers to snails and make it difficult for them to migrate farther north or farther up the hill, hillside. Yeah. Well, what is the general life cycle for a, a slug or a snail in terms of time? It's, that's really variable. Um, yeah. But it can be as short as a year and up to possibly up to 10 years, 10 or 12 years, maybe. Okay. Uh, well, and Tim, I, I hesitate to ask this, but what about slug or snail mating? Um, because I don't see parts. How does that part work? Uh, for Pennsylvania, we do have both freshwater and land snails. Um, on the land, almost all of our snails are hermaphrodites. So they're male and female at the same time. And uh, the genital opening is on the right side of the head of the snails. And so when they mate, they mate right sides of their heads together, which is how um, earthworms mate also. I'm devastated. Nobody can see the hand motion you just did. <laughs> and so uh, when they're when they're mating, they're actually necking. And uh, so that's another fascinating thing about snails. And so in the, in the springtime, sometimes you can see them um, with their right sides of their heads together uh, and they're they're mating. So, be, uh, well, sometimes one will play male and one will play female. So the sperm is only going one direction. Other times, um, the sperms are going, being passed both directions. So both of them will become pregnant or, or gravid. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, so I guess give me your best snails pitch. Why should Pittsburghers care about slugs and snails? Like, why should we try to protect them? There are a whole bunch of reasons, but um, I'll give you the two two general categories are um, stewardship. So, you know, most religions, I think, say that we are stewards and we should take care of creation. And so, you know, slugs and snails are part of creation. So if we are their stewards, we should be caring for them. Yeah. But then there is also the utilitarian reason. So right now it's springtime and mother birds are going to uh, lay eggs that are covered with a calcium carbonate shell and they get that calcium carbonate from eating snails. Um, and then the other uh, major group that we love are fireflies, and baby fireflies eat snails. So um, if you love fireflies, you got to love snails. If you're a bird watcher, if you like fireflies, if you enjoy the food web as we know it, you have to support our slugs and snails. And they, they provide a whole bunch of other uh, ecosystem services, and uh, there are lots of reasons to like snails. Well, Tim, thank you so much for uh, educating us on slugs and snails. Uh, we'll, we'll keep watching you on Mollusk Mondays. Excellent. Thank you so much. A little more news before you go. The feds called out Pennsylvania, and it is not looking good. According to the Energy Information Agency, the Keystone State ranks 45th in the country for renewable energy production, with only 3% of our state's energy coming from wind, solar, and hydropower. And there's sort of a weird stake in the game. When power plants mess up, our state can then fine them for their pollution. So in the next year alone, that poor performance is projected to generate the state more than $600 million. 
And rise and brine, Picklesburg has announced their dates for 2023, and it's kind of a big deal. The festival will run from Friday, July 21st to Sunday, July 23rd. It's iconic and chaotic and has been nominated as one of the best food festivals in the nation, again by USA Today. Voting will be open to cement the prize until March 20th. We'll have a link in our show notes for you to vote. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're liking the show, please let someone know and make sure you're subscribed to that Hey Pittsburgh newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Slime you later. There also is a dark side that I don't like to talk about. Well, now you have to.